0: And then as you think about, oh, I don't know, is that me? Sorry, guys, that's me. <laughs> There's like nothing on my phone though. We're just keeping it real. I don't know. Oh, uh, technology, it thwarts me. It's how <laughs> I share all the good stuff. I just thwarted frequently. Okay, we'll see if we can fix that. If not, there it is. Um, Sally Clarkson's phone is always going off on her podcast. So I feel like that's okay. It is. Anyway, it is. It is. is. I know. She's like, whatever. (laughs) I'm just talking. Okay. Well, not as wise as Sally, but my phone also goes off. The Commonplace is a podcast for the new homeschooling mom delighted by the ideals and principles of a classical Charlotte Mason education, but who feels unsure of how to get started on the practical side of nourishing a soul on the good, the true, and the beautiful. I hope you find camaraderie here as we get our bearings in the world of old ideas and old books, of wisdom and virtue, and of the means of grace by which God works in this world through the commonplaces, which includes your home. So, if you're like me, trying to offer your children an education unlike your own and wondering if you can create an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life of such richness, I'm here to tell you, I think you can. I'm your host, Autumn Kern, and I'm pleased to welcome you to The Commonplace. Welcome back to The Commonplace. I'm Autumn, your host today, but I'm actually joined by two of my Commonplace friends for a fun interview. So I am with Mrs. Amanda Foss. Hi there. And Mrs. Brooke Johnson. Hey. Hey. And they have joined me today, mid-season. We're going to pause on the principles just for this week because everyone's kind of going back to school right now. And so I thought it would be fun to throw a bonus episode your way talking about a question I'm asked often and cannot answer because I've never done it. And that is the big question of how do I start a classical Charlotte Mason co-op? What do I do? There are none in my area. How do you explain the vision? How do you teach a mom? How, How do I do any of this? And guess what? I don't know because I've not done it. And so I am taking notes today as we are joined by these two wonderful wise women who have done this in differing ways. And we're going to just learn together how you can build a life-giving community that includes other families, gives your children the ability to learn with others in a actual like real life way because they're doing this right now. So I'm really glad to have them here. They have become my friends through the commonplace. So this is like a special treat for me and I hope you enjoy the bonus episode. So to kick us off, we obviously want to know about you, your families, and what um, what years you're in for homeschooling, what years you have for your students. So Amanda, if you'll kick us off, that would be great.
1: Absolutely. So uh, yes, I am a second generation homeschooler. Uh, I was not homeschooled from a Charlotte Mason perspective per se, but my mom was reading the books and the ideas were in the air. So when I finally met Charlotte Mason for myself the first time, it felt like Wait, I've really known her all along, uh, but I've been married to my best friend, Patrick, for 11 years. We have four kids who are seven and under. Number five is due at Christmas. And then uh, my seven-year-old is uh, doing second grade or what the CMEC calls Form 1A, A standing for advanced. And my five-year-old son will be a very gentle Kinderleben, which mostly means that we will just be snuggling up with good books and going outside a lot.
2: That's great. Brooke. Yes, so my name is Brooke and I am the grateful wife of Mitch. We have been married for 10 years and we live in rural South Georgia. So we actually just moved back um, two years ago now. I guess it's been two years now. And I'm um, to my hometown, which has been An adjustment in a lot of ways but it's also been really wonderful we live on three acres and so in our um, spare time we hobby farm together as a family and it has just been the biggest delight we have two boys that are six and four and so we are officially starting formal school this fall with a first grader or as amanda said the cmec it's form 1b um, b for beginner so we are very brand new. And I am as new to the classical Charlotte Mason world as anyone could be. So if you're listening, and you're thinking, I love everything autumn says on the commonplace, but I have no idea how to do that, actually, or I want to do it. um, I'm here for you. And so you're in good company.
0: Great. I love this. I love this because you're both moms who have students in the very early years. And You're kind of just a little bit ahead of the person without a co-op, actually. I've had the joy of listening to you guys kind of flesh out what you've been doing, Brooke, for the last year. Amanda, you're planning right now. So let's start with Brooke. Brooke, if you could actually explain a bit about your co-op, how it started, just kind of like the fast facts about your group
2: sure so i cried a lot in the beginning and um, i say that like jokingly but kind of being serious so like i said when we moved back to my hometown i did not know a single homeschooler um there is not a lot of um people that homeschool um, in rural south georgia and so the closest co-op to us when we transitioned back and we knew that our family would be pursuing homeschooling the closest one was an hour away and. Any direction we drove and I just knew sustainable wise that was just not going to work over the long haul for our family and um, but because I was feeling pretty desperate and um, this is probably a side conversation we could have, but um, I did not have a really strong philosophy of education, so I was kind of. thinking, well, this could just work. And I'll, I'll just figure out how it can work. And so if I said the name of the co-op, you would be very familiar with it. And so um, I paid my deposit and I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make it work. And then a week before it started, um, I just knew I told my husband, I said, we we can't go. And um, I can remember feeling very angsty and nervous and and probably honestly, just a little bit insecure thinking, Would I be able, do I have the tools? Am I grounded enough to be able to homeschool totally by myself? And if I'm honest, that's probably why I cried a lot. The answer would be no. Um, And so, but I said, okay, well, it's worth um, figuring out what I think homeschooling, like what I want our family um, to be doing and what our philosophy is. And I probably couldn't have honestly even said that. Like I wouldn't have used those words um, a year ago. And so- um, as God would have it a week after I um, said, we're not doing a co-op and we're just going to do kindergarten. Now this is kindergarten I'm talking about. So he was five years old and I was already so panicked about what we were going to do. And could I really educate my son? And um, a family moved to our church that very week who had been educating in the Charlotte Mason philosophy for the last eight years. And um, I introduced myself to her and then immediately asked her if she would read home education with me. And then for the next several months, her and I met we um, read through home education, which is very challenging if you're not used to Victorian um, English and if you've not really used those mental muscles in a long time. And so um, I was so thankful to have a friend alongside me to read and answer questions. And um I took it a step further and said, well, um, I like you so much and you're reading with me. Would you be willing to be an audience for my boys? If if I put together a guide and we did a hymn and scripture and poetry and speech, would you sit in and let them recite that? Um, And she said, as long as my family could do it as well. So for the next three months, her family and my family, so four kids and two moms, met once a month in a recitation gathering. And we liked it so much. We thought, do you think other people would be interested in joining us doing this? And we held our very first interest meeting January of 2022. And um, 10 families showed up. And um, we currently have nine families that um, are in our community now. So, it's been a joy, and I never, never would have imagined that my very first year into homeschooling, I would be leading a co op. Um, so it's been fun, but God can do um, um, immeasurably more truly than you ask or imagine. So
1: oh, I just love that, Brooke. I think so often, like just hearing you talk, it reminds me of how as moms, we so often operate aware of all the areas we are not up to the task or just feeling insufficient in wow, and that wow. kind of connects to the story of how our co-op formed as well because my friend ap- approached me in January i had actually done a kindergarten co-op with her two years ago and she approached me in January and was like hey like uh, she had uh, done something else for the second year I just didn't do a co-op uh, for my daughter's first grade And so she approached me in January. I was Mm -hmm. like, hey, like, let's do a co-op again, uh, starting in the fall. And at that point, I was my, I had my number four was uh, six months old. And I just wasn't caught up on life yet. And I was kind of feeling that sense of like, I just can't handle one more thing. Like, I am... Like my floors are not clean enough. The laundry is not caught up enough. My kids are lucky if they get a bath every other night. Like, you know, like the idea of just taking on another thing felt like too much in that moment. And so that's what I said to her. And uh, I had talked with my husband at that time. And, you know, we were on the, you know, he was supportive of that. So kind of thought I had closed the door. Fast forward a couple months later in April and I get pregnant with number five and suddenly It just hits me that like my life cannot be on hold my older children's life cannot be on hold until i'm out of the pregnancy newborn season because i don't know with certainty when that will be right my daughter is seven uh by the time this baby is a toddler she will be nine like i can't keep waiting for things to you know to do things with them until everything is you know feels like i have all my ducks in in a row so uh i called my friend up and said well I'm pregnant with number five. He's due in Christmas, which is a terrible time uh, in terms of homeschooling. So let's do that (laughs) co-op. And uh, sure enough, she was excited to do it with me. She also fell pregnant a couple months later. So now her baby is due in February. So now we have all the babies coming in the middle of co-op season, uh, which I think has really shaped how we've approached it in terms of our planning, that we are going in like guns a-blazing, hardcore planning now, because we have to have everything mapped out for the year in advance. Um, But... Basically, that was how it started, and we we knew at that point that there was a hunger in our church body for a co-op um, among the other families with our age group. And so, just by reaching out to the families whose kids were in that form one, so first through third grade, and then kinder eleven uh, age group, we had uh, six families come to our first interest meeting, which we had. Oh goodness, I'm gonna I'm terrible with dating things. I want to say um, June, so pretty late, <laughs> um, but we had that interest. Uh, Six uh, moms came, and all six said they wanted to do it. So we jumped in. Uh, My friend joined the CMEC, and so um, that was uh, enough to get me to bite the bullet and join it together. So we have two CMEC families, and then um, we've committed to meeting Mondays 9 to 1. So we kind of have a full plate uh, for our co-op. It's a lot of different classes but that will take up a full day of school, but we're really excited about everything we're doing it's so great
0: there's so much encouragement here i think a lot of times i'll hear from moms who either are in a season of transition like brooke you had moved or amanda you're having another baby and you had just had a baby like things that kind of shake life up which can often feel like you do have to put things on hold or you don't really know where to go because you're brand new or you're kind of in a geographic isolated area which there weren't many co-ops or options around you brooke things like that i think these are real concerns and they seem like big hurdles to moms but yet both of you had like quiet answers of yes and faithfulness of just right now what's in front of me one friend that's great. Like I'll start there. And it didn't have to be this full built out. We're going to have 15 families and we're going to offer Latin and Plutarch to our six-year-olds. Like it was just, we're going to meet so we can practice in a way that enjoys these good things, like meeting to recite for another family. When we do recitation, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a gift to those listening when a kid chooses what they're sharing. Like that's the point when Mason does recitation or getting together with a mom and mm-hmm. and building out for that oldest student and allowing all these babies to come. Like, There are babies around. I've never actually found that quote from Mason that people quote about, like the baby is the lesson. Have you guys seen that, like all over the internet? Oh yes, I can. You know where it is? Yes, I wrote it. I've actually never (laughs) like come across it, or I have, and maybe it's not said in that Victorian style, so I just missed it. But just that idea. yeah They're summarizing. She doesn't. (laughs) Okay, so it's not that pity. (laughs) So, anyways, just the idea that like you're building an atmosphere of education that includes all these babies, or that mom is pregnant, or that we're gonna to have to shuffle around. Um, and that's, that's ordinary common life for most moms, particularly the ones listening to the commonplace and trying to figure out how to do this. So I think there's so much encouragement just in that first answer that I'm so glad you guys shared. And what you both mentioned is you had a friend. That seems to be an important part of this equation of having a person, a, a starting block of community. I'm curious if you could share about how um, you form a vision with another person. Did you come into it with the same vision already? How do you do that with another person? How do you enter those waters together? How do you make sure it's a good fit? And then, what even makes up a good co-op? Like, what did you guys envision when you started both of your co-ops?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a lot of questions. Um, I'll take the the one you just said about like what makes a good homeschool and like a vision for a co-op. So. Um, I think the first thing, you know, uh, talking, I talked with my mom a lot about this just because she has 20 years of co-oping experience. And uh, so coming from it, yes, I've done the one year of kinder late kindergarten, but really I'm still fresh to it. So I'm um, just talking with her. The thing that just kept coming up in our conversations was the need for love, the love of God's people, the love of the children um, that are in front of you. You know, I think it's so easy to lose sight of you know, like to have our ideals, but there's that tension between the ideal and the real of who's actually in your life. Like we could all envision like this perfect community of Charlotte Mason classical homeschoolers who, you know, are just all so prepared and ready. And it's like, well, we're not, first, I'm not even that mom. So I'm not even the ideal here. So I'm an unideal mom coming to other, you know, quote unquote, unideal moms and saying, Hey, like, can we figure this out together? And that requires love that requires love and patience to love who God has actually brought in your life instead of some fantasy person that doesn't exist. Right. Just like they, you know, you hope for those moms who are coming to you that they're doing the same thing, that you're not the fantasy. So you are receiving love from them in the same way. Um, But also I think just uh, having clarity of vision, like clarity, like knowing what your goals are, knowing what kind of co-op you want to be. There are a lot of different types of co-ops, right. That either focus on one subject, uh co-ops that are unified by the philosophy uh co-ops that are kind of a mix and maybe are just trying to meet one particular you know there's just a, there's a very co-op means a lot of things to a lot of people right there's ones you pay for there's ones that are completely volunteer based right and so um i think knowing what you're doing you know what you want out of the co-op if you, especially if you're the one starting it you you need to have a clear vision for that um and that's going to really help you establish that goal you know within your community um, I think for something that has been a very foundational part of our co-op being it is volunteer based, it is just women from church coming together, uh, has been women using their gifting. You know, one thing I will say as someone who was a student in a co-op many times is I don't think it serves students well when you have teachers who are not gifted teachers. And what I mean is who don't love the subject or who, you know, there, there's many people who will approach a co-op from the perspective of, hey, every mom has to teach. And if that's what they choose to do that's totally fine but just from the perspective of a student i can say there were times growing up where i knew that i could tell the difference as a student between the mom who was excited to be teaching because that was her spiritual gift or even just you know general gifting and she was excited about the subject versus the one who she had to do it because it was a part of being in that co-op and um i just think that's not really fair to people you know So yeah, so I'm coming at this as someone who I would say I am a gifted as a teacher. I love teaching. I'm passionate about it, but I think it does a disservice and an injustice to the moms who God hasn't made that way, but have other gifts like hospitality or service um, to not find a way that they can serve the co-op, but in a way that works with that gifting when possible. Now, of course, if you have, you know, sometimes you have needs and just somebody has to fill it. So there's times and places, you know, where we all step up to the task of doing jobs that aren't quote unquote in our gifting. But at the same time, I think when possible and when done prayerfully, the ideal is that you would have women fulfilling their gifts in that context. And we, as we approached our co-op with that heart and prayer that we that the Lord would provide teachers who were passionate about their subject, were eager to teach it, it would be a joy to teach. Uh, to provide a place we needed a home to meet in because we were families. We were not meeting at a church building, um, you know, different mm-hmm. tasks in terms of providing supplies, right? We had all these ta- jobs and we were just praying in the beginning and not knowing if the, what it was going to look like, you know, we knew the Lord would answer our prayers, of course, but what, in what ways he was going to answer. And now being uh, starting off on our first official day of co on Monday, it has just been really glorious to see how God has provided for every need and actually truly did, plug in moms with specific gifts into every role um, and answer that prayer far above and beyond what I could have hoped for. And so that's just been really exciting to see. And again, I know that we're talking about sometimes that tension between the ideal and the real, and sometimes you might have to not have, you know, you might not be doing the thing you feel gifted at, and that's just, you know, serving others and that's okay. And there's a time and place for that. But I think it's something to pray for and it's something to hope for, uh, and if possible to do. And ultimately I think, uh, the moms will be blessed in that process and the students because the students are blessed when they see, you know, women coming together, their moms coming together and just honoring God the way God has made them. And they don't have to, you know, they can be honored that their mom is the service mom, Mm -hmm. the servant hearted mom, or they can be honored that their mom is the mom with the teaching gift instead of seeing it as these are, you know, like there's, uh, a tier of importance or something like that but um, yeah and then I think the final thing I would say for that in terms of making a good co-op is just planning and I'm obviously coming at that as with my friend us both having babies we have just determined that for our co-op that meant every teacher had to turn in lesson plans for the entire school year now (laughs) so that we could have everything planned we we made the supply list for every supply to be bought now because we did not want to be for our own sakes scrambling at the last minute as we're fatigued in the last trimester or having a newborn that uh, we were going to be in a position to not do our job well. And so we prepared like you would for, you know, like many people who go to a job, right? They get their six week break and then they're back at work, right? You can't just take off from life. And so um, we kind of tried to approach it the same way. is just prepare, 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 mm-hmm. which I think will mm-hmm. reap dividends in the end.
2: Yeah, that's so encouraging. It's so amazing to me, just even with your philosophy being Classical Charlotte Mason. So our group, as I'm listening to you, Amanda, is very different. Um, and, just be- and I think one of the things is that we have, so one of the things, um, we probably have about 20 kids total. So a lot of kids, there's like, 10 families. And then our age range is from age 13 all the way to two. And then we have two moms who are expecting. And so we have such a big range of ages that it was very hard for us um, with very little. So we have three moms who have um, years of experience with this philosophy. And then the rest of us are all brand new. Like we have all transitioned to a classical Charlotte Mason or we are beginning. And so we knew that we needed time to equip moms, um, in mother education and through reading and really awesome podcasts like the commonplace. And so um, we were not able to really start with a class model in like teaching in that way, um, which could be discouraging, I think, for a lot of people if they are um, maybe listening or have ideas of what this could look like or what even what our hope is to be here in the coming years or maybe even next year is we just really didn't have people that would be willing, not even willing to do that, but maybe able because we are still trying to get our bearings in the classical Charlotte Mason world. And so what we found that would serve all of us is we said, okay, what is something that no matter what, no matter what age or where you're at, where you're at in either form Um, What would serve everyone? And so we said that we would be very clear, consistent and cooperative in doing common subjects in nature. So those are things that all of us that if you asked a mom when we kind of asked them, hey, what is what is an interest to you? Um, they said that they find it hard to do those common subjects or um, that those maybe maybe the ones that like fall to the wayside when you're kind of trying to make sure you get reading or get math or um, get all of this stuff. And then for me. I have never formal schooled, so um, kindergarten um, was a lot of fun and we had a great time. But if we didn't get to a lesson, then it was like, well, well, we spent four hours outside or down at the river. And so we just, you know, it was all sweet. But these older moms were very helpful in that they were like, hey, um, it's very hard for us to get all of our like coursework done and try to kind of fit this other stuff in. And so if we had a day or a time, or we just knew we were doing that in community where we were showing up to then recite or, Even our kids had friends that they were hearing reciting the same poem that would maybe encourage them to maybe practice this a little bit better at home. And so for us, we were clear, consistent and cooperative. And so I would just say that was that was the biggest thing that when we laid everything out, we said, "Okay, there is not a classical Charlotte Mason co-op anywhere near us. And so as Autumn said, we are geographically very under-resourced where we live. I mean, the closest big city is about two hours away, again, in either direction. And so it just takes a little bit more. And I think sometimes we can think, um, well, if we just live somewhere different, this would be so much easier. Or if we just had a bigger um, community or just more resources in town and libraries or museums and all of those things. But one of the things that we found is we just said, you know what, what do we have? We live in in an agriculture area. So there's lots of farms, lots of ranches. And we just said, you know what? A lot of people hunt, (laughs) a lot of people, Fish. A lot of people do everything outdoors. And so how about we move and do everything outdoors as well, as much as we can. And so um, one of the two biggest things that we do is we um, have a nature group and we are um, affectionately called the (laughs) Nature Tears and I love it so much. And um, and we then do um, the TBG songbook, which is available through the CMEC. They graciously made it available to non-CMEC members this year, and so that's what we're doing. And so we bring those common subjects, so things like hymn, scripture, poetry, folk songs art study composer study and we do all of those outside and so we have a nature focus where a mom has prepared the captain idea Um, this term it's birds so um, we actually had our first meeting on thursday and it was so delightful It is very hot in south georgia so we already made a mental note that we will start in september next year Um, and so um but the kids had i mean the students they had a great attitude but it was very warm and um, we this year incorporated um, swedish drill so that is something that mom said we have heard about this we have never implemented it in our homeschool, but um, this would be something worth trying. And so we kind of are rotating between um, doing Swedish drill, doing a handicraft, and as Amanda was saying, there are some moms that are just insanely gifted in art. And so we have several of those, and so they are going to be doing like the artist study and then bringing supplies to us to really teach us how to do brush drawing. And so um, it's been fun. But I think one of the things that I'm even hearing with Amanda say is that you really just have to say, God, who is in front of me? And maybe not so much, um, right? The ideal can really paralyze a lot of us that we will just be like inactive because if we can't have it this certain way that we read about on this blog or we heard in this podcast, then, you know, it's not going to be good enough. But really, if you just say who is in front of me and what are they willing to do and then what can we do over the long haul? Like what is going to be sustainable for the mom with a 13 year old? that um, is still going to be worth their time um, with my four-year-old type thing. And so um, we just had to think about it in that way. And we found, honestly, that doing the psalm book and the hymns and all of that, it has just been, it truly has been a delight to see, The 13-year-old and the four-year-old truly learning. I mean, I, like I said, I'm very new to this whole philosophy. And so when Mason talks about it really being a feast, that when you truly choose the best books and materials, that truly I have watched with my own eyes, a 13-year-old and like my four-year-old come to the table and receive what they can. And if I wasn't a believer, although like I was, I have watched it work in a way that has just really like encouraged me to keep going it has shown me a vision for what's to come that maybe when i'm discouraged and all of my books came in for first grade and i'm like these are a lot of like these are actual books like there's not there's not um (laughs) <laughs> a workbook or anything for him to do. And I have to just order some like moleskins, which is like great. And I love and for narration and all these books. And so it it can be a shift. I mean, really that if you are new to this, the the way I described it to our interest meeting is that it feels a little bit like a detox, you know, that it's good for you, but man, at first you're miserable and you're like, I'm not sure if it's worth it. And everything feels hard and now everything hurts. And I just want that comfort food that is just going to make me feel good and all the things. And if you can push past the angstiness that you feel of like, is this going to work? Um, I, I wish that I would have started sooner. But honestly, um, a year ago, that's what I felt. I just felt I'm not so sure, but I don't know what else to do. And um, at that point is when Autumn really started the commonplace. And um, I know that I like slid in her DMs on Instagram. It's one of the the reasons I love Instagram, one of the one reasons. But I slid into her DMs and I just remember thinking. I mean, so this is just how brand new I was. When she said that she was a classical Charlotte Mason um, podcast, I thought she is blending both classical tradition and Charlotte Mason. This is fantastic. We are the same. And the more I listened to her, I think it was episode two that like sealed the deal when I realized we're not talking about the same thing. Like she is talking about something completely different. And what it was is, I mean, a true classical philosophy that I did not have. And in my mind, I was thinking, how do I blend these two? And so um, what I found though, is that the peers around me were the same, is that we had an Instagram definition of what education was and is. And until you really pause and do the hard work, Um, you're just going to be angsty and grabbing and say, no, I don't think I can do that. I don't like all these books and that makes me feel uncomfortable. So then you're just going to go and start ordering and clicking and downloading the guides and all the stuff, which I have. I mean, I switched math curriculum for my kindergarten halfway through the year and his reading because the longer that I was learning, the more I was learning, I realized this is not, I understand I understand but bless his heart i mean those first homeschooling kids right like your first ones they really do god has special grace for them um, because that but that was just me and that's where i was and the more that i talk to moms that are new or thinking about homeschooling that maybe they had never been homeschooled themselves that's where they are just really trying to figure out can i do this i want to do this i loved the vision that Autumn gave in her episodes through the commonplace, but I thought, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know if it's in me to be able to create that for my family. And to be honest, what I had to do is I had to get off Instagram, I had to close my Google browser and I had to read Mason herself. And what I learned is that it took me about six months to get through home home education, but it changed my world. And the thing that I did not expect, and this is all the moms who have read home education that they don't prepare you for, is that it drastically changed my parenting in a way that I thought I was going to read it and have some really helpful tips for how to actually homeschool in a schoolroom. And I had no idea that it was going to change the way I interacted and lived alongside my kids. But I mean, one of her most famous, I think maybe what she's most known for is that education is an atmosphere, a discipline and a life. Like a new life was being birthed in me as I started to learn the true classical philosophy and it's changed everything. And so for the mom who has picked up home education and put it down, because that first section is tough to get through, um, I would just say, find a friend. Um, and if not, Brandy Venzel has an awesome study guide that is really helpful that you can get on her website. And that's what I worked through. And it gave me what um, I did not have and it changed everything. So I would say that you need to be very clear up front about your philosophy. And if you yourself are not, it's going to be very hard to communicate as amanda said there's so many different kinds of co-ops and none of them are bad or wrong or not one's not better than the other but you need to know what you're communicating to people so that they know what they are committing to
1: yeah our co-op was in a similar position as you brooke because from the side of that five out of six of the families are fairly new to charlotte mason um, my one friend who is starting the cop with me is had been doing some had been dabbling in the classical world and so she she was the most uh, in tune with it and so then when I uh, told her like you need to read home education and she started listening to it on audio uh, like so many of us she just like got so excited and was like yes this is it this is what we've been talking about this is what we've been looking for and um, But besides her, and then, you know, like I shared at the intro, I had been familiar with Charlotte Mason somewhat Mm -hmm. just through growing up homeschooled. It was, you know, kind of in the air. Um, And then I had picked up her volumes for myself a couple years ago. But this is still the first time that I'm doing this for real. You know, you can have, I you know, I kind of tend to say that a lot of my opinions about homeschooling have come first and foremost as a student because I had that experience, but I'm figuring it out on the job as a mom. You know, you can have your ideas of how you wow. think something's going to go um, and you can read a book, right? But so much of life is once mm-hmm. you're actually like having the rubber meet the road of having your ideas and getting to apply them. Um, one, you learn so much more. You know, I think there's a lot of things I read in home education the first time that I didn't even notice because I wasn't teaching it. Whereas this past year, going through um, different parts of the volumes again through Brandy uh, Venzel's Think Tank, so many things have stood out to me from the volumes that I just think mm-hmm. wouldn't have had a place to land in my mind uh, a year or two ago because I wasn't there. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't doing it in my day-to-day life. And so even for as someone who had read it a couple years ago and have, you know, that few years uh, ahead uh, on the Charlotte Mason philosophy ahead of the other women in my co-op, I'm learning just as much as they are in the moment as I'm having to figure out how to actually do this. And so, you know, exactly like you said, Brooke, for us, it came down to having that strength of vision on the front end to, to communicate like even say like, we don't completely know what we're doing, but we know that this is what we want. And what we want is to do a Charlotte Mason classical co-op. And so our goal will be to strive to work within that philosophy. And we're not going to do it perfectly because we don't know it in total. And we're still learning and we're still figuring all this out. But um, just inviting those other ladies who had zero background in the classical or Charlotte Mason world and saying like, You know, we totally understand and, uh, you know, have grace for the fact that you haven't been in that world, but we would just invite you that if you are a part, you want to join this co-op, that you would commit to learning with us. Um, You don't have to agree with everything right now. You know, you can have your hesitations or concerns, um, but if you're just willing to meet with us, to do, uh, to be growing in the philosophy, to be discussing it with us, to be seeing how it plays out as we seek to apply the ideas within the co-op, that's all we're asking for this year. Um, and so because of that, we have a couple who, a couple moms who immediately got on board and were like, yeah, no, I'm diving in with Charlotte Mason. I'm ordering. Some of them needed, though, they wanted a more structured uh, format still. So they decided to do things like Charlotte Mason or whatever. But for them, that was a big step to go from, you know, like formal box set curriculums to that. And so that was exciting for them. Um, me and my friend are doing the CMEC. So, right. So we are bringing that angle. And then. The others are not doing any technical, technically Charlotte Mason curriculum, right? They're doing some are in charter schools, some are um, using Christian programs, right? And but what they understood coming into the co-op was that at co-op we're doing Charlotte Mason and classical, and so that's going to shape what we're doing here. And we're going to take the time in book club to try to convince you why it's so good and why maybe you should do it all the time. And we were very upfront about that because I don't think being dishonest with people is going to help, right? To be like just like through. The- or I'll try to get to persuade um, persuade you. But also, you know, again, just being willing to be like, you know, if you disagree, please do, like, let's talk about this. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to genuinely hear where you're coming from and what, if there is something that rubs you wrong or bothers you, like, let's talk about that. Um, But so far, as everyone has read, we only had one book club so far, but as we did that, Um, everyone was just excited about it. So I'm like, see, you know, if you just meet Mason for yourself, you will fall in love. So I'm really not that worried about it because, you know, I think, especially as Christian moms, some we're looking for something that is cohesive with the word of God and the biblical worldview. And you read Mason and you're like, oh, like this is it. Like she has a biblical view of man. She has a biblical view of creation. And that's why it's so good is because it's in harmony with the reality of God's world as he has made it. And so, you know, so far what I'm finding is that for Christian moms, they're coming to, you know, learning about these ideas and going, wait, I've been looking for this all along. I just didn't even know.
0: Yeah. I love when Mason starts to explain in home education about the difference between your spiritual inheritance and your natural inheritance, and that Christians will often ignore their natural. And so when Christians meet her and they see how her practical nature of her theology formed with formation becomes, it's like, oh. I didn't realize that we should be talking about habits, that yeah, the things we do, do something to us. It actually does matter the habits I set up in my home on a spiritual, physical, mental, emotional level. It's just not really connected often. We have a good handle on like, where's the state of my soul right now? How's that going? But we often miss that there are natural rhythms and ways which people are formed and education is about the formation of a person, a whole person, and actually it leaks into every part of your day, everything that you're doing. And so Mason just makes it so humble and practical that it's impossible not to love her. But what I love hearing from you two right now is you're circling around how important the need for philosophy is. Um, you've completely dispelled the idea like an ideal co-op, but there is no one ideal co-op other than there's a rooted philosophy at work. But it might eke its way out in many different directions depending on the number of students you have, the forms they're in or the years they're in, what gifts your, your moms bring to the table, that can all change and be very unique to each co-op, as you have both just explained. But what has to be there is a guiding philosophy. And that's what we've been talking about all of season two. It's why I've spent what will be an entire year just working through the 20 principles is because if that philosophy is in place, it's like an anchor for your ship the waves will come anytime you hop on Instagram or you talk to another mom at the park, something might come and try to rock you a little bit and maybe confuse you for a second. But if the principles are there, if you understand your philosophy, then you have something rooted that you're working from. And you can look at something that maybe doesn't have the word Mason attached to it and see that actually this is very life-giving. This does treat my child as a person. This does actually um, encourage them in a right way, motivate them in a right way. Or you might look at something with a Mason sticker on it and see that really it's not. And so When you have moms coming, this is actually a question I put in the interview for myself. When you have moms coming to an interest meeting, how do you graciously and gently introduce your operating philosophy that this is our pedagogy, particularly if they've never heard of based on a classical tradition. When you start saying, this is the way we do things, How do you explain that in a way that teaches and encourages a mom to maybe come and join your book group amanda like you were saying like just come read with us and it's fine if you don't agree with us but how do you introduce your pedagogy when you want it done a particular way
2: well one thing that we did um and this is like uh (laughs) it's kind of funny but we created a really fun and beautiful i don't know if you can see it but an interest meeting packet and i don't know Uh, So I'm a millennial um, and we love beautiful things and aesthetics. They do matter. (laughs) So um, not to be not to be like misleading to them at all, but we did. We created a beautiful environment (laughs) for them to come to. And that is clearly you do not have to do that. But something that we found was just as Amanda was even saying, we were very clear about who we were, what our desire was, how we had come to um, a classical Charlotte Mason philosophy ourselves. So myself and then my friend who was leading with me. And so we just shared a little bit about our stories. And I think storytelling is compelling. Um, Imagine that. (laughs) And so just even hearing another mom's journey to Mason and how Mason has shaped her life and thoughts about education. I mean, it really is because just as Amanda was saying, when I met Mason, it really, for me, it was the, this is what I've been doing. I just didn't have the words to call it this. And what even went further is that as the classical model and tradition started to open in front of me, the true classical tradition, I would say with an emphasis, is that it absolutely like, opened my mind to the world that we have spent. My husband is a pastor, and so we have spent the last 12 years in local church ministry talking about Christian formation and discipleship at every age of the local church people that are coming. And what I did not expect in reading and learning about a classical Charlotte Mason philosophy was it to match almost everything I had been doing in the local church with discipleship and education and all the things that um we had been doing there i it was in my mind my first question was how did i miss this in my theology classes like where was this lesson yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. so after I got over being a little upset about that, I just was like, okay, well, here it is. And so um, it really feels like and I know, Autumn, I think I've heard you say this, is that we I have tumbled out the back of the wardrobe and like I don't think I can come back because to me, when people have asked me before, did you always know you were going to homeschool? And my answer was I don't think so. I mean, I don't I don't ever remember a conversation um, my husband and I had to hey, are we going to do this? But I will say that as my, we started to parent and we were um, educating them at home and doing a lot of what moms now call, I think morning time is the, like what the morning, morning basket type thing, discipleship in that way, using catechisms and cards for us, it was so much more than that. I mean, those things are nice, but it w- it really was a life. It's, it's one of the reasons that I come, you know, we committed to stay home. I stay home with them. And so for us, it was more of like, this is the natural next step in their formation. And I don't know, that sounds so odd when you tell people if they ask you like, oh, are you homeschooling or how long? But for us, it was just that simple. It just felt like this is the natural next step. Oh, he's school age. Well, of course, he's going to be home with us and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach. And so there, it didn't feel like a big shift, if that makes sense. And now I know why it's because that was my heart language the classical tradition and this idea of discipleship and formation and so for moms though for i would say normal people that feels a little abnormal and maybe even a little weird like as i talk about it um i know the two of you share that and i think that that's why i just love you both so much but Um, When talking to a mom that maybe has not thought about this or they're just transitioning to homeschool, you do want to be gracious and saying that, um, and I have felt this way when stepping into this philosophy. And like I said before about feeling like a little bit of a detox, there are a lot of terms that you have to learn and it feels, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it has the tendency to make you feel um, dumb Like, I don't know anything. And as you're listening to people talk about it or you're starting to open these books and you're just thinking, I have a college degree. Like I, I can read things, I think, and you're just feeling so like, oh, man. And so but um, I think it was Dr. George Grant that said that education is repentance. And for me, that was just a phrase that I held on to as I began this journey a year ago that I just thought, you know, what? if I can be humble. If I can just open this book and say, I don't know, and I have to Google this word and I have to ask Autumn again, can you explain that again? What is the captain idea? I just, it won't stick in my brain that you really are learning in that. And so for me, it has just been a natural next step. When I look at the mom who is very new, I just say, me too but we have this opportunity to like learn together. Um, and just as Amanda was saying, I think, especially for the Christian mom, which most the women that are in our co-op are Christian. Most of them are, um, several of them are actually pastor's wives in our area. So we actually represent about four churches in our community, which is incredible to me. Um, and I'm just thankful for the big C church, right? Sometimes we can get very like my church, but, Um, So that's really cool. But all of our moms are Christian. And so that when you start to show them this way of life, it's very hard to not say, no, that's what I want. You know, that's not what I want. I would rather do this thing over here that's checking boxes or worksheets and all of that. It's really hard. But but I will say making yourself available, which is why um, making yourself available in the way that it really is a a community effort that you say, hey, Um, listen to this podcast. So actually, and this is a great idea for anyone listening. Our first mother culture was listening to season one of the commonplace because for a lot of our moms who were not in the practice of reading a whole lot, they could listen to 15 minutes. So thank you for keeping your episode short. Not that I could listen to you talk for much longer than 15 minutes, but you can listen to 15 minutes on a drive doing the dishes. And so we um, would listen Print out the discussion questions and talk about it, and that was our first intro. And um, I say all the time that we are um, now Autumn's. What would what would be be children and maybe grandchildren? <laughs> She's got some grandchildren now. If we're thinking in the way of what like discipleship um, here in South Georgia, because it has just been so, and it really is because right, like we all can listen to podcasts or like we have said, like blogs and just what's available to us, but there's a lot of things that are really unhelpful. There's a lot of podcasts that are not really helpful and, and edifying and really helping moms think for themselves. And so, um, Amanda, I have told all of our people about your consider the cause workshop, which you need to, if, if you don't know what that is, you need to look that up because that's what I needed a year ago but that resource did not exist. And so that just little things like that, that as God is just it, what it feels like is just awakening moms to this way of life. And then moms using their gift through podcasts, through workshops and writing that really then make it helpful for me as a co-op leader to say, here's a great podcast to listen to. And here's a great workshop that's going to help. Let's do that together. And sometimes starting there is a little bit easier than just saying, here's home education, good luck, you know, like they're going to get there. You just have to be a little bit patient in getting them there. And again, just being honest with them. I think, again, I think the reason we have the moms that we do is because they have lived life with me in a way they've seen me at church. Um, and maybe they've asked a question about, oh, how do you do this? Or why that? And why did you choose homeschooling? And now I have real resources to say, well, this is why, because biblically this just, I really couldn't choose anything else, honestly. And so um, and then that's just captivating to people. They, People are interested in your story and so they will listen. And so, again, um, same as Amanda, once you read Mason, it's hard to say, oh, no, I can't I can't do anything else. And then I would argue once you start to really dive into the Chronicles of Narnia, then you're just like, <laughs> you're just done you're in and you're not coming back so so funny story is we actually have a book club for our kids too so we're like we don't want them to miss out so we um are reading through the chronicles of Narnia with our students in a student book club and it is maybe more fun than the mom's one but that's been a delight for sure so
1: I love that idea. I don't know that I've ever heard. I'm like, I've up homeschooled and uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of a kid book club. That's so fun. I love that you guys are doing it
2: you have to you have to try it but let me just say if you're going to do Narnia you have to start with the lion the witch and the wardrobe i know autumn has feelings about this as well i'll go to but battle for it you have to and then so we did that last term and then this term so we're starting now with the magician's nephew and they are pumped i mean and we did a big deal like we when we came together we read it we came together and they dressed up we had a battle i mean it's we a had lot. lots of swords for a while. Yeah, lots lot. of swords. And my kids are still, my boys are still battling. It's never That's ending. Amazing. So, well, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I can't yeah. think of how, my, probably more times than I have counted, I have said to my son, but think of Peter. What would King Peter do? <laughs> and then suddenly he puffs out his chest a little more. And he knows that it means to be brave. <laughs> but I love the idea of just bringing yeah, that to your community yeah. as well. You know, I think we definitely have other families in our uh, in our church who are reading those books. But just the idea of giving that common language and story to the kids at the same time for their own conversation, mm-hmm. I love that. That's uh, so great. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. To your question, Autumn, as far as how to bring moms in gently. I don't know that I know how to do that completely (laughs) in terms of my personality. Um, I waterboard people. No, just kidding. Um, I try not to, but that was truly my concern (laughs) the first night after the first night is I I think I voice messaged my friend on on text, the one who was doing it with me. I was like, did I just scare them all away? (laughs) Because I tried, you know, I went into it prayerfully. I knew that about myself that, 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 that I just love this so much because, you know, yes, using that image of the wardrobe, like once you are in like you can't just come out of it. Like you can't, it so takes over your entire life. My husband ended up reading Charlotte Mason. He's in it now. Like we're so in it that we're like, everybody needs to know, like, it feels like this best kept secret that you're sitting there. Kind of like you said, Brooke, about like having a moment of like, why didn't I learn this at church or in the, in my seminary class? Like what's, why? Like we should be talking about this. Like And so we kind of went through that same moment of like, well, goodness gracious, like this, this is like what the church needs. This isn't just, oh, like, homeschoolers need, like the body of Christ needs this. And so um, so with that, I had all that enthusiasm. I remember voxer uh, Autumn being like, pray for me that I take a chill pill. <laughs> uh, and the Lord, I think, was trying to probably tone, it, tone it down more than, uh, you know, it would have been without those prayers. Um, but that first night, the thing that I did really try to keep in my own mind was I knew these were women who love God and they love his word. And so what I really tried to do was show them the connection through that. They have a theological inheritance. They have a, a, an inheritance of spiritual language of discipleship. Like Brooke was talking about all these mm-hmm. things that I think like our church has a strong handle on those things. And so I just needed to connect it for them to show them that actually talking about a lot of the same things, just broader, right. For all of life instead of just for ministry in the church. And so that was the thing that I think was the most compelling to them is they saw that connection as we were discussing it, and there were certainly you know times where I was using words that were from the classical tradition that they may or may not have been as familiar with, but I really did try to define those terms when I used them or explain them in a way that connected to them connected them to an idea that I knew they were familiar with, so that was pretty big, um, and then like we had just been talking about with doing. Things like book clubs, you know, it's through that context that, you know, because I know my excitement is level 10, the way I have tried to be gentle is not like just constantly sending resources, but waiting for them to ask. So the thing that we require, right, is participate in the book club. But beyond that, I'm not just like throwing resources at them all the time, but I am very eager and they know that at any point they want a resource, I am ready to, you know, send them the commonplace, to send them re- articles send them book suggestions. Um, and so I try to be patient and wait, um, and to not, you know, anytime you read something you love or you listen to something you love, like it's so easy to like, want to, you know, send it to a million people. Um, and there are times and places where I do that because I really just yeah. cannot help myself, but I try to be patient in the sense of being like, I don't have to always send them, you know, a hundred things. I can just let them have this one thing, wait for them to get back. To me. And if that was encouraging to them, provide something else. And so. Um, I think that for, for the less gentle among us might be a good <laughs> reminder of just being patient that, you know, just like we, it's taken us time to understand this philosophy, you know, as we all have admitted many times, we're all still learning, so there's still much to be learned um, for us as well, um, you know understanding that it's the same for them. They're, it's gonna take them time and just get be ready to be excited with them as they learn it and as they encounter new ideas and see the beauty and the goodness and the truth that we all love. Um, and then at that moment, you're, you're already ready. You're ready to rejoice with them. You're ready to be like, I know, isn't this amazing? Praise God for him providing this wisdom and insight through Charlotte Mason or through this classical writer or whoever it might be.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. It's good to think back to where we started like, even just thinking, as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, the first time I, I panicked and Googled quiz to find out what type of homeschooling mom you are, because I was just so overwhelmed by how many options there were that I couldn't think of anything else to do. And then when I read Charlotte Mason and looked her up, I thought, well, that's for like linen clad children who watercolor. I don't do that. And I like did not look at her again for two years. I completely just dismissed her. And so even remembering that and thinking about how, how slow this growth has been as I continue to learn and the Lord has just taken his time to change me through it is really good for the person who exists at level 100. So in that vein of thinking about how we've all grown, how much we've learned over the last number of years, what do you guys offer or if you do offer anything for continued mother's education? Like we know that Mason had a mother's education course that she thought mothers were mother teachers. This was a profession for us. We should be continually training ourselves and learning. Do you guys offer anything within your co ops specifically to continue that teaching? Any ideas?
2: Yes, so and ours has looked different. So when we first started almost a year ago, we like I said, the mom and I, so the two that now lead it, we did home education. And then some other moms were also reading it. Those that were already in this philosophy, they have read it before and they're just like rereading it. And so the two of us could like made it work in our schedules, but then the other ones we were not able to get to because she had just had a baby and just a lot of life circumstances so when we did see face to face we would touch something like touch on some things or send some text or voice text or voxer about you know this section or all of that and so we just kind of made that work but then when we officially started our co-op like i said we actually listened to the first season of the commonplace and so that was probably not what anybody was thinking but We had a lot of new moms that had not been in the practice of reading a lot for even themselves. And so I said, okay, well, we can listen for 15 minutes and then we can talk about these discussion questions. And that was really beneficial because you really um, have done a wonderful job at explaining and creating incredible resources for moms like me and new moms. And so it just felt really sweet and perfect. And you were inspiring our mothering at the same time. So I think that that really is what when we started this year, is what really solidified a lot of moms that maybe they were not truly on the fence, or they were on the fence about, do I really want to do Classical Charlotte Mason, because we, they had been doing several other things, other co-ops, other curriculums. And I really believe that it was the commonplace that really said, man, if this is the vision of motherhood and education, then like that is what I want for my family. And so we are also grateful for Autumn. We, um, she's just a big deal here in um, South Georgia. So we want to get her here one day. Um, that would just be like the so fun to have you come to our co-op. I mean, seriously, it would be so fun. (laughs) fun. (laughs) And so so that's what we did. And then this year we said, okay, we're going to read um, philosophy of, Education. So we just kind of ripped the band aid off. So we said the podcast was great and it was helpful. But we had, like I said, several moms. So three of us had read through home education and they all, the three of them committed. So myself included, and then two other moms who have experienced, like they have been doing this for eight, six to eight years. Um, they said, We'll do philosophy of ed and we will help lead that discussion. And so that was just like a huge help to me because truly when it comes to really answering questions and really trying to equip moms, I am on the same level as them. Like I am really learning alongside them and then also transitioning to formal school. So a lot of what Amanda has said before, you are learning as you're reading, or even if you have read before and thought about these before, when you are put in the schoolhouse and you're having to do it and respond and think about narration and all of that, it's just on the job training right now, do it. And so these moms um, were willing to say like, I will help in leading that because really where my, um, it it feels like just about where I start in encouraging people, it also can stop. Not so much an encouragement, but it's like, I don't know anything other than kindergarten in this philosophy. And so it's like, man, we really need older, wiser women that have really practiced this over the long haul to really help us. And so, and I think that they saw that just saying, man, God is raising up. I mean, there's like six of us brand new to homeschooling and to Charlotte Mason in our community, that's huge for where we live and all wanting to do this. So they are just delighted saying we did this truly on our own. Like we didn't have anybody around us to do it. And so we do know what a gift this is, but also kind of how God just in that discipleship process, I mean, they are the older moms saying, looking back and saying this way, it's worth it. Come and read this and really exercise your mind. And so for us, this term, We have broken up philosophy of Ed in chunks and we will read. So our first meeting, we're doing um, the first three sections, I believe, and we meet the end of this month. And then we will do that for the rest of this year. And um, so that's what that's what it looks like. But it has looked like I just want to say that if that is very overwhelming to you to think, um, of maybe reading a book, really consider the commonplace. And I will just add a plug here because I'm not sure if Autumn will, but her Patreon, I'm not a, like I have never done that anywhere else or with anyone else, but it is well worth. When, when I think of, and a mom asked me, how did you learn what you know? There's two, two answers, the commonplace and the commonplace Patreon. I mean, those are my active learning environments that have been very tangible help to me. And so it's hard for me to, to separate them. And they're one and the same. They are both by Autumn Kern, who is here hosting us. Um, and then also the curriculum that we chose, which we um, are going with the CMEC. They do a fantastic job of equipping the mother teacher. And so If a mom asks me, I say those those things, the commonplace and the CMEC are what can help me that are really educating me. So, um, so far, I'm so excited. We um, have now two more moms with the CMEC this year. So before we had most every other mom was doing AO, which is fantastic. And that's what we were going to be doing as well until um, I was introduced to the CMEC. And so now I have converted two more and so now we have three CMEC people and then a few others doing AO but so yeah so that's what we're doing philosophy of ad this year and it's it's really good I mean, we're, I'm like 80 pages in and it's really good. Yeah.
1: The philosophy of education is just uh, the magnum opus. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, so kind of similar to you, Brooke, I had, our group definitely has a lot of moms who are out of the habit of reading in general. And so something that we decided to do was kind of work our way up to uh, doing a, sh- reading Mason herself. So for our first book that we've already started, we've been doing For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer McCauley, which is just a great book to know if you're in this world. It feels like every older mom in the CM world that I ever hear about, you know, she always says, oh, the first one I read was For the Children's Sake. And that's what got me into Mason. So I just thought, hey, that's a great place to start. That's the bug that got, you know, got all of us contagious with this wonderful love. Um, and then what we plan to do after that is, uh, Karen Glass just released a book called A Thinking Love, which is an abridged version of Home Education by Mason, and uh, that kind of cuts out maybe some of the more uh, Victorian parts that don't have as much application for us today. And then she provides some commentary. And so I just thought that was a great resource to kind of bridge that gap for uh, the moms who were less familiar with reading Victorian English And then uh, we'll pave the way, though, for us to, Lord willing, next year, do philosophy of education, because I do think getting to that place where you are reading Mason herself is very important, because, you know, it's like the the gold refined (laughs) in the fire, whereas all these other things uh, are wonderful, but you're getting more fluff added in, which, you know, we need it sometimes. So, you know, praise God for these women who have written these books to give us the gentler forms, but um, I'm excited for us to get there as a group. Um, And the group has just been a great place for us to be fleshing out these ideas. We've only had one book club so far, so I can't say a ton, but already we had things come up like, there's actually an older mom from our church who is gonna be teaching the science portion of our co-op. She does not have children in the co-op, but she is a woman who loves God's created world. And I've known that about her for years. And so I always teased her. going back to, you know, probably to 2020 or 2019 saying, when I do a co-op, I want you to teach science at my co-op. And so primed the palette so that when we did start this co-op, I went to her and said, so um, you have one child still doing school at home. Do you have time to maybe teach at our co-op? And she said, yes. But what came up with me, she wanted to use um, a tech. She wanted to use Apologia's Flying Creatures of the Fifth Day. It's a curriculum she's done with all of her kids. She loves it. She's enjoyed it so much. And so something that came up that we did use Book Club to discuss was, okay, how are we going to do this thing that many people in the Charlotte Mason world will, will uh, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Many people in the Charlotte Mason world will hear the word textbook and completely panic. Like, no, that is not Mason. Mason hated textbooks. Um, and that was something that uh, there's actually a Skolay sisters episode called squadalicious that really helped me process these thoughts going back a couple years ago, because they brought up the point in that, uh, in that episode that, At the time Mason was writing, the textbooks that existed were drier than we even can conceive of. Like they are very blessed now, particularly in the homeschool world where people, there are plenty of textbooks being written for homeschoolers that are one author, passionate about their subject, their personality comes through, uh, they're, you know, they're putting jokes in it. They're, you're engaging with them mind to mind, right? And yes, it is still a textbook and it has lessons broken up, um, but it could somehow still fit in the bucket of a living book to one degree or another. And so after, um, I was also familiar with Apologia. That was a science book my mom had used for us growing up. And so I knew that I had really enjoyed it at that time. And so that was something that just sharing with the ladies, we determined, you know what, we're gonna use this textbook. No, it's not perfectly Charlotte Mason. It's not nature study as we you know uh, know it from her volumes. But I think it still meets the criteria of being a living book. And what we're gonna do is they provide a junior notebook that has things like coloring pages, Mm -hmm. word searches, et cetera. We're gonna throw that part out. We're not doing that. Um, We're not using co-op or any of our time, to be frank, to do word searches. But what we are gonna do is we're just going to bring our regular notebooks, our nature notebooks, and use that in accompaniment with this textbook. And so she's gonna be doing these hands-on lessons, doing the experiments with them. And then if they're doing something like discussing the life cycle of a butterfly, instead of filling out a worksheet on it, they're going to draw the life cycle of a butterfly in the notebook themselves, right? And so it was through that discussion at book club, as we're talking about this thing that we know this idea is out there of, oh, textbooks are not Charlotte Mason, they're all bad. And there are many ones that we would not use, right? I would not be willing to use many of them, especially for form one, honestly. I mean, they're so young, especially at this age. So, um, but just through that discussion, we were like, you know what? I think this is a way that we can um, compromise and the blessing of having this teacher who is willing to come in and teach our children for free um, and quite frankly, at a cost to herself as she provides experiments for them um, and is eager to do it and is going to pass on her love for God's world onto our kids. Like that outweighs us having a perfect concept of nature study as we might, you know, idealize it from the, the Charlotte Mason philosophy. And so we'll still be doing nature study at home. I'm not throwing out the Charlotte Mason portion of it because I can't, but um, just being willing to work within the group and say, how can we take these ideas that are important, the principles. And yet, flesh them out in the reality of what we actually have to work with here. And when we're gifted something like an older mom willing to teach our kids, we're going to be flexible in Mm -hmm. what that looks like because it's worth it. Um, And but those conversations, you know, that would be a really hard conversation to have, Mm -hmm. like as co-op is happening, like or whatever. And so I think to me, like one of the biggest parts of having something like a book club, or I know growing up, my mom's group, they did a summer book club where they would go through a they would go through fiction books each month. But then for the school year, they just had a prayer night, so they weren't they weren't reading. They were just meeting for prayer once a month. Um, she would tell you that like that was just one of the most foundational things that knit their hearts together. That grew her yeah. love for those kids was like just praying for them. And so, and then as moms, well having that that time and place where we know it's on the calendar each month for us to have these conversations, um. Un- you know by nothing more than maybe a nursing baby but besides that you know our, our, our bigger kids are at home with dad and we have this night to just talk as moms to be praying together to talk about these ideas and to figure out practically all right what is this going to look like for our group
0: so good guys like I, I am just jumping to go start a co-op after this seriously I actually feel quite capable of doing it now and I hope that's how listeners feel um, if they were worried about being in transition or being isolated or not knowing how to do it or having to have it all figured out before you start, whatever it is, there's so much in here that was so encouraging. And I'm really, really glad this is how we're kicking off the school year with this bonus episode. Um, Brooke, you were kind to mention the Patreon. I am gonna make the plug now because I'm going to close out the podcast episode with amanda and brooke here for the general audience but they will still be answering another question for our patreon bonus five which is just one of the many perks and resources in there if you've not somehow heard about this patreon uh it is not a place for you to come and hang out and spend all your time online it is for you as a mother teacher to come be equipped taught something new and then go out and live it out with the women and the children around you so we'd love to have you you can find it at patreon.com forward slash the commonplace otherwise for here i will say goodbye to these ladies by asking them please tell us where can we find you on the internet i would love for commonplace listeners to come and follow along with you guys follow along with your co-ops this year anything like that where can we find you
1: yeah so um i am not super active on the internet but if i am active it is for sure going to be on instagram uh, at commonplace contemplations you can find that even just by searching my name amanda Foss. And then I have a blog that is commonplace contemplations at WordPress.com that I may eventually write on if I ever find the time. So
0: <laughs> I do hope you do. The old posts are great. I hope you do. Brooke, how about you? Yes.
2: Yeah, so um, I same. I don't know what it is about these early years in homeschooling, but I am not super active. But Instagram is where you can find me at Brooke Johns. So that's just short. My my last name is Johnson, um, and I am consistently inconsistent. That's what I like to talk about it. Like right this second, I'm not on Instagram or any social media, so you kind of just never know. But if I remember to get on and post something, I it'll usually be something about the farm, discipleship, motherhood, homeschooling, or Christian formation, just all the things that I love to think about and talk about and talk to people about. So I actually
0: love that. I like to think about how the best kept secrets are moms who are just being faithful <laughs> in the life like the three-dimensional one right in front of them, not doing really anything on the internet. Um, But I am so glad that you're willing to join me for this. I've been a terrible podcast host. I have not yet said that I will link to as much as I can from what you guys have mentioned, like Brandy and Amanda's um, Consider the Cause event, the School A Sisters episode, uh, the Start Here guide, all the things we've mentioned, your own handles for Instagram. I will actually put those in the episode notes I know those have been sparse this season as I've pivoted my commonplace time, but I will for this. So if you've heard something, go check the episode notes. I will have hopefully linked it for you. Otherwise, commonplace, I hope your years have started out well. We will say goodbye to you here and jump over for Patreon. Everyone have a great day. Bye.
2: Bye, guys.